Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. Oh, we had somebody flash up there. Hope you were looking. Uh, if you're here watching with us on YouTube, welcome. And if you're here listening, uh, I got my buddy Esteban, El Presidente of the Locals. How's it going, Steve Brockoff, man? Good, man. Good. Um, despite the current form, I'm in good spirits. I'm in good cool. spirits. Yeah. Cool. Super got, excited for got, tonight. Yeah. We've got a great show here. We've got some good, uh, good content for you loyal fans uh, and locals. Uh, this is... Somebody you've never met before. We can guarantee you that. That's what's going to be fun. Um, somebody you have met before and you do know uh, as the man who puts a camera on us sometimes and turns the uh, lens towards us. But today the lens is turned on him. Tony Sanchez, our producer tonight. What's up, man? How's it going? Thank you for letting me into this humble abode of yours. Uh, uh, yeah, bud. Always welcome. Always welcome in these spaces. Yeah. Salud. Oh, it's not just uh, Stephen and Drew going back and forth. You can break it up, break us up a little bit here tonight, and uh, <laughs> give us a nice soundtrack. We appreciate it. Yeah. So, like, so, like Drew said, um, our guest, our guest tonight is Travis, um, with the new VP of Marketing and Communications tease, with the club. Steve. Jeez. Nah, nah, nah. We're gonna, we're gonna. I'm gonna break this down a little bit. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're gonna break down the game, uh, the, the last couple games, and then we're gonna preview the upcoming match, and then we'll jump right into getting to know. Um, uh, Travis, so we're really excited for that, but um, yeah, stick with great. us for kind of a recap here and then a little bit of a preview. And from there, um, we'll jump into getting to know our newest front office member. Yeah, we had a couple weeks off from doing shows uh, specifically, and we didn't do some of our shows in person or live mm-hmm. like this. We did some uh, recorded on the road shows, which was pretty fun, and some reaction shows as well. Um one of the things that we did at those shows, uh, specifically, I think the last podcast, we maybe drank a lot more beer than we do normally. But what are you guys drinking tonight? Uh, Steve, what are you drinking? I am drinking Golsh. Golsh. Um, our, my good friend uh, Jordan got me this beer for me uh, from Three Punks. And uh, it's a very, very good beer. Little do a, a lot of people know that I named this beer um, way back when. Um but I, 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 I don't uh, flaunt that too often, except I just did. Uh, but uh, it's a great beer. So uh, shouts to our friends at Three Punks. Not a um, I finally, I, yeah, I know. I finally get to try it. Um, I know that when they first released it, I, I missed out. Um, so this time I, I got myself a four pack and I have been enjoying it. This is my second one. And it's, uh, it's very good. It's a very good Kolsch. Yeah, what about you, Drew? What about you? What do you, what do you, what do you got in your cup? Um, I, I have a few things. Um, number one, I'm supposed <laughs> to have that beer. Uh, I don't have it in my fridge. Uh, I actually finished a tower of flower, uh, nice. IPA earlier today. And it's really good. I saw Kim Dice in our discord having one before in the, what you're drinking channel. Um, so I'm actually having a few things and I want to, which is some wine from Italy that I brought Ooh. back. Um, so it's got, uh, there you go. It's got the, the black chicken there, which is the seal of, uh, Chianti uh, or Tuscan Chianti, and then I'm also having a root beer float. This is what I was doing when I was like, I got to come back Ooh. in two minutes before the show. I went and had the makings for a root beer float. I decided you're I such a, so that's what I'm having. I'm having you're such a gem. You're such a gem. I got inspired by being at uh, at the game on Sunday, and I saw a lot of people having it. But I just couldn't take my eyes off the field. But I got myself a delicious IPA by Stone, which is a delicious beer. beer. Absolutely. I find those cans. I couldn't hunt it down. Absolutely. Is there a specific stand? I think it's the it's the one closest to the fountain, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long because they have have, yeah different different beers at different stands. 
They do. It's it's, all right. it's like drink around the world at Epcot, except for drink all the beers of stone. And you only get three pendants of life. Um, four if you come to our pregame. But we digress. So we had a couple things in terms of, as we said before, our last pods. Uh, we had a bus trip. Yes. And uh, in an Orange County game, which was kind of the most notable thing really to talk about here is that that trip, right? So, um, you know, I I don't really remember much, Steve. Maybe you, <laughs> you can for No. So um, we'll kind of break this down with the bus trip up and the match and the bus trip back. Um, obviously the bus trip up just like the last one. Um, if you listen, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you, you heard us sing the praises of the bus trip last time and we're here to do the same thing. Um, it's just such a good time. It's, it's kind of like indescribable how good of a time it is to get on the bus and just have some beers and relax and not have to worry about driving or whatever. You just get to hang out with fellow supporters and you meet people that, you know, you see in the stands, but you get to actually talk to because in the stands we're busy singing and drumming and playing. So um, it's just such a different experience. Uh, it, it will definitely keep doing it next season. Um, but the bus ride up, you know, same kind of thing. Stopped the Balboa Park, picked up about 30 members, and then another stop in Encinitas, picked up about another 20, and then cruised all the way up to Orange County. Um, I, I, I don't really have much else to add besides it just was an incredible time. Just I think was it was an amazing a, time. It was a great time. I think besides the game, um, the match mm-hmm. itself even was interesting. Let's get to that because yeah. we felt like we dominated the match. We felt like we actually played the game we wanted to play, but it turned out that we didn't win because we didn't score the goal that we needed to when we needed to score goals. Uh, and they they scored on a free kick and uh, pretty much just played their defensive block in a way that didn't allow us to have the looks that we wanted, and we didn't unfortunately connect where we wanted to and their keeper made some good saves. I think that's kind of my brief summation, but uh, is there, is there some highlights or lowlights from you in there? Let's see, Tony, what do you think? Let's, let's throw it to you first. Oh boy. I mean, um, it's, it's one of those games that, you know, I really wish that the result would have been different for, yeah. you know, obviously the reasons of playoff at home implications, but I really wanted to see um, some of the younger players have at least two games of, you know, some experience, some game time, just so you can, um, you know, you already clinched playoffs, you already clinched home field advantage. Let's throw uh, Chavez out there. Let's throw CJ out there. Let's throw uh, CJ, um, uh, CJ out there, who were also um, cheering for the senior team because they played themselves against Orange County's Academy or uh, their younger team. Um, and San Diego Select, uh, Loyal Select actually won that game. But, I mean, it, it was a tough game overall, and Orange County plays you tough. And in the f- place that they were in and, and the form that they're in, it was going to be a hard game regardless. But I feel that San Diego Loyal could have uh, done a little bit better as far as um, you know chances taken and just the general shape that they took out there. I was uh, a little confused with, uh, with some of the positioning of players. You know, Guido was two-time back-to-back uh, team of the week player and in the center mid position you throw him a little bit uh forward um but in any case it's a game that that could have been won unfortunately it just didn't go that way and you know it, it's one of those things where we made the trip up there it was it was fun on the way up and it's fun on the way back but you know it just kind of left you thinking of, of of what could have been just in the back of your mind at the end yeah and i hate to, and i hate to play this card but um the refs were just terrible that game. And I, and I, I really know that, you know, it, it's kind of what you get at this level and you kind of think, well, it's going to even out over the course of the season. Um, but I just feel like these last few matches, especially that OC game, it just, 
that 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 PK call against Guido was a clear PK call. I mean, clear. you you, yeah. you go back and you look at that, and it's just what? How did he not see that? How did he not call that? And I get it was a huge match and maybe just a timid ref, but I just those kind of things just infuriate you because he gets himself in a good position. He turns and he definitely draws contact. It, it just, it didn't work out. So it, it's, it's rough to kind of see that happen, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I think kind of like Drew said in the beginning, I think we played okay. You know, I think we played pretty well. I would say more of an even match than the form we had been in before that mat, that, that game. Um, but at the same time, you know, they got a really phenomenal goal on a, on a set piece that, you know, you can't blame Austin. You can't blame um, the, you know, the loyal player who, who, who committed the foul. Um, sometimes you have to drop, you know, you have to commit fouls and you have to put your, put your foot in and, and, and take a risk. And that was a risk that they took. They got the, the foul call there and they, they buried it. It was a really good shot. Um, and we just, we couldn't find the back of the net. So um, I, I don't know, very uh, can be frustrating, but at the same time, it, it's kind of one of those things you go, sometimes the results just don't go our way. Yeah, you know. and that was one where a free kick goal like that where you score from the kick, um, very hard to be mad at your team for conceding. Sometimes it's just a, you know, the player, they practice these goals all the time. It's amazing how little they come off, but when they do, you kind of have to have your hats off to the other player. And just in our end, as you said, we didn't get the free kick we needed. We didn't get a PK. We didn't get any sort of little magic uh, besides the magic we made on the bus. And afterwards, you know, you're greeted by if we would have won, hey, what can make that better? Pizza. Uh, and in our case, <laughs> uh, we lost, but also you still get pizza. So that was the nice thing was I, I literally walked out of the stadium with a, with about a minute left and was really hoping we didn't score at the end, unfortunately, <laughs> like everybody else, because I was like, well, I'm not going to be there. <laughs> it was It's one of those stories on the road where you go, okay, I'm doing this just because just I know um, either way, it's it's a good thing. And I was you know half hoping that they would come back, but it was one of those things where it just didn't feel like it was going our way by that point either. Even with five minutes yeah. left, you're kind of reading the game and going, and that's where I was looking at my watch going, I don't want to leave because I don't want them to, I'll feel I'll feel like I'm conceding. Um, but it really just felt like it wasn't wasn't the night. So yeah. uh, rode back in style, did our karaoke thing this time. Um, lots yeah, of, there were some fights for the iPad. <laughs> um, i remember going to you and asking you for a song and you're like you do it i'm getting bombarded i was like okay i got it i got I just, it <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was just taking flack from all directions yeah, you were handlebars flowbots was thrown oh in yeah my that face was a couple times yeah and i'll say uh shouts again like just like last time to the members of the club um the the, the people who work for the club who made the bus um it's always so fun for you guys to join and, and kind of get to know us a little bit better as well we talked yes. about us getting to know our members, but it's really cool to kind of see the front office and just, you know, employees of the club to, to get on the bus and kind of get to know us. Um, and be fans for the day, too. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, point. acted as fans. For sure. Uh, as opposed to just being, you know, oh, hey, here's your season ticket package, blah, 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 right? It's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Definitely more of like, hey, we're here to just be rad. one with you and, and stand in the section and do um, whatever's take whatever it takes, right? Uh, and that day just didn't come up. Uh, we were, we're, you know hoping for something, but we just, you know, the magic we made was the magic together. And yeah, that was the day. Um, so next time we have a bus trip, you gotta go. If you, if you're like, I, I might go, it is just this cathartic thing that it's, you know, you go, Oh, it's $60 or it's whatever, you know, it's worth it just worth because it. of, you know, if you're somebody who really wants that experience, that's, you know, it's, it's incredible. So, and I, and um, I will say, I will say we make zero money on the bus. We actually lose money. We do. Um, uh, you know, I can show you the spreadsheet, but it 
we do not profit on that. We do that completely at cost. Yeah, um, so anybody who thinks yeah. 60 bucks is too steep, um, I promise you we make nothing on that. It's Yeah, there's no yeah. sort of profit motive, and, and we drink all the beer, and it's pretty much all gone. It's like almost perfect. By the I got some left. I got some left, and it's just in my garage fridge, and I need to distribute that. I'll bring some to the, the watch there's party a, on Saturday uh, and let people take some home. So Yeah, co-op. Uh, beer yeah. co-op for us where we redistribute our beer for sure. to the uh, needy fridges. Of <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. So the, the other thing that we had kind of was the uh, the match, um, you know, versus Oakland down to end up the year here, which was it had a different feel kind of going into it, honestly. Felt like a lot of people showed up early. They knew that the scene was almost who were showing up. There was a lot of people who maybe it was their first time still, but it felt like it was the people who really came to represent this community this year, showing up for one fi- final time for sure, knowing that we mm-hmm. had a scheduled date and uh, got a takeaway. One of these scars that, that's right above my head here. Uh, and that kind of helped get the butts in the seats. It's, it's always funny how giveaways yeah. incentivize, and especially good giveaways tend to have way more people in the seats by the time the the game goes up. Uh, how do you guys like the scarf? Is it pretty? That's where I was going to lead with, and then we'll talk about this cracker of a game. But the scarf, I feel like, should have its own place. I thought it was really cool. It's a great it's awesome. uh, sign from the club to take a cheer that we've had uh, that was started by you know Jerry in our section, and then just started as a thing we started doing in the first uh, game here. And it's something that's now grown to be something we do with the club at the end of each match, and yep. have our names of the season ticket holders in there. Uh, and it was funny when I walked in and was handed it. Somebody said, oh, you have to find your name, and I'm there for like four minutes trying to find my name, and luckily I think Brandon Rodriguez came over and told me where it was, and I was like, thank you. I would have spent the next like ten minutes doing that <laughs> while we're trying to march, trying to look for my name. So, um, but, yeah, it's it, it, That's it rad. great. It's, it was great. It was, it's, it's, I think everybody it's loved it. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's any uh, other great takeaways besides. Well, and I'll say this. that. I think they could have designed this scarf and I think they could have sold it and I think it would have sold well, but they didn't, right? They, they designed exactly. a scarf. Um, well, Travis, uh, shots to Travis again. I feel like um, this is our Travis this time. Uh, Travis Peterson, shots to him. Uh, he, he, he's incredible. He's just an incredible artist. He knows exactly what he, what he, what he, what he's good at and what he does. And, um, but uh, uh, that's kind of the coolest thing that stood out to me was that, you know, the club definitely could have sold this scarf and it would have sold well but they didn't choose to sell it. They chose to give it out, which is just kind of indicative of who this club is. You know, it was supporter appreciation night, you know, fan appreciation night, and they gave scarves out and it's just, they gave scarves out with our names on it. So, um, because even from the beginning, they told us that, you know, this is our club, this is our club to own. It's our club to, to mold. And, and, and we're, you know, the club is only going to be as successful as we are. Um, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, and, and this, this, this gesture, this, this scarf is, is, just indicative of that so yeah big shouts yeah, to the man. club so um the match yep go <laughs> we, we we go up early right this felt like one of those matches earlier in the year when we got our groove in those seven games where we were kicking ass uh this felt like one of those felt like oh we're gonna start off hot we're gonna go well we're gonna just win this three you know four one and have a great night here close out the season let's go was not to be uh kind of turned around and then yeah. we had something we haven't seen from our team very much. We're, we're pretty good at playing the ball at the back, passing the ball in the back. We're, we're very good compared to most USL teams at doing that. Yet an error comes in. Josh Yarrow, you mentioned coming with an injury from the orange County match mm-hmm. was available to play apparently, but did not play Cal Montgomery starting in his place passes back to our keeper, Austin Guerrero. And, uh, 
it wasn't really to him. It was to the far post of the goal. Yeah. It was actually a pretty impressive uh, pass in. <laughs> that's what he yeah. did, like a hockey goal almost, kind of in the far post, sliding it in there, um, you know, rule shot style. But that was something. It's just hard to explain when you're like, that's just a mental error. It, it, uh, Tony, and I most... break it down a little bit as a keeper on, on your show. There was really nothing to do there in terms yeah. of making a play for the ball. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, you could have argued that Austin could have maybe slid at some point, but then you have the post there. He didn't know exactly where that was. So, yeah, do you risk the body and injure yourself in the long run when playoffs are coming in? You have to just be mindful of those type of things in that situation. It's a 1-0 affair at that point in the first half. At that point, it looked like San Diego Loyal had everything controlled under yeah. control because they had dominated the first half. So right. then you think, okay, we're 1-1. We're going to go into the break. There's going to be more offense from San Diego Loyal in the second half. I mean, even going into the half, I didn't think I didn't think we could have anybody could have imagined the game was going to end in the way that it did or just transpire in the way that it happened. Because let me tell you, that was one of the most wild San Diego loyal games I think I've ever seen. And yeah, it's 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 crazy that the result ended up being what it was, even though there was just just an explosion of emotion and, and as loud as. Torero's been honestly, and and yeah. you know, and kudos to everybody in attendance because you know that that gives a testament to I mean, with 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 Landis in in Spanish, just like these are intelligent fans here in San Diego with a IQ. You're not just there for the for the show of it, for the just to be in a stadium and watch a silly game to do on a set. Uh, everybody there was invested, and even if you don't understand what the game is or what's happening on the field the motion and, and, and the momentum was tangible and, you know, you just can't, I, I wish I could bottle that and just like keep it in the off season, just open it a little bit, just like, oh. <laughs> but I mean, it, it ended up happening as it happened and that's redundant, only redundant. Um, yeah. But, but I, I feel like some of the comments coming in right now ring true. You know, we had the momentum and that own goal just really kind of took the sting out of the game. I think something out of the atmosphere too, um, and that's hard, right? And it, that's not easy to, you know, say, ah, oh, the players got to be professionals and, and turn the game. Like that's, that's, they're humans and that's hard. That's defeating to, to be one up, one Oh up at a huge match and, and have an own goal, like that go in. That's, that's gotta be hard to take. And I'm not going to sit here as a keyboard warrior who's drinking beer, you know, criticize them for it. But at the same time, um, it, it, that is hard to see. It's hard to see them go get so down on themselves and kind of, you know, take their foot off the gas. If they didn't, you know, maybe we put another one in before halftime. Uh, we go into halftime tied 1-1 uh, and still kind of thinking we have that game under control. And, and lo and behold, that game ends 4-3. Um, I will say that the to go down 3-1 was rough. But kind of like I said about the OC game, um, sometimes soccer is soccer. And they scored two pretty incredible goals uh, pretty in pretty quick succession. Um, I think it was like the 55th minute um, and, and uh, I got it right here. 52nd minute, 58th minute. They were both just incredible goals. The first goal was a curler in the top corner. The second goal was like Tiki Taka Iniesta goal. Like it was just, it was incredible. Like at some point you just go, wow, that's, that's, those are really good. You can't even do that on the the training pitch. That's that, that third goal that when they went three, one, it was just, yeah. Okay. This is feeling like a pill, but honestly, in my head, I felt like there's enough time. There's enough time. We can, yeah. we have the offense. If we go balls out, Oakland's not that good at the back. Mm-hmm. We can make this a scorcher. Yep. And that's what took off. And I think everybody felt that in the section. I think everybody felt, let's go. We can win this 4-3. We can make this 3-3. Three, three. 
we need a point. We just need to stay in the race. And it, you know, yep. it, they battled back. They came, they, yeah. you need a scrap, you need a scrappy, Mc, uh, scruffy McDo or what, what's his name? <laughs> uh, from, from Scooby McDo. Uh, scrappy Do. That's uh, Corey Herzog in the box. He's Scrappy yeah. Do. Yeah, so Augie, yeah, yeah. just to recap a little bit, 77th minute, Augustine Williams is across from Elijah. Uh, just chests it down and slots it home. It's just a professional number nine, you know, out-and-out out striker goal. Um, exactly what you want to see. And then Corey puts it in in the 86th minute, and it just it just erupts. Like, the stadium is just electric. And Tony, like you said, like, that was as loud as I've, I've heard 109B. That was as electric as I've heard 109B. Um, and then we turn around, and it it just – it sucks. It, it sucks. They had a nice ball in, and I think – Austin had to make a decision on what to do, either commit or don't. And he committed. And I think as good as Austin has been filling in for Trey for the second half of the season, um, and not just filling in, I, you know, it's, it could arguably say, even if Trey was hundred percent right now, Austin should, should, should start, you know, he, 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 I think he's earned that number one, but um, I think he chose wrong here, you know, and it's, it's easy. Again, it's easy to criticize. It's easy to sit here and criticize that, but, um, he committed. I think it was definitely a foul. There's no no complaints on the ref on that call, and they 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 buried the goal in, in stoppage time and and uh, and, and took the game four three. So really really tough to live with, especially with how much was on the line. Um, I will say that th- that was Roots' playoff chances. They had to win that game, so they were fighting for their playoff lives uh, where we had playoff secured. But yeah, we were still host- you know fighting for second in the division, and obviously. Um, they scored late and it, it, it sucks. It sucks to see. Um, and it's, it's easy for us to sit here and go, uh, well, they secured playoffs and they took their foot off the gas, but you know, that, that goal against New Mexico United and then in stoppage time was, was an incredible goal as well. Um, the, the OC game, I kind of feel like we played well, but we didn't get the results. And then this game, they scored two bangers and get a clear PK and they win four, three. So it, 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 it's really hard to sit here and go that soccer and not be like infuriated with the performances right now. But at the same time, I, I, I'm not sitting here that upset. You know, I'm not, I'm not that mad. I think we're playing decent soccer. We just aren't getting results right now. And that's really hard to stomach going into playoffs, but sometimes it, it is what it is. You know? I think if we play better at the 35th minute, the 90th minute will take care of itself. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think yeah, good point. I think that there's been a little bit complacency as we've made our way to the playoff berth, done well, played our soccer, been the, been the way that we want to be in most games imposed our will on other teams to a certain extent where we go, we pass the ball well, we're, we're doing well, and looking like a team versus you could see markedly in the you know, beginning part of the year that wasn't the case. I think that there is a sense of we're like, oh, we'll get it in the 55th minute. But it, they don't step on it in the 30th and the 35th in a way that's been considerable in the last few games, and that's where hopefully that's what they're working for um, and just coming out punching uh, against Sacramento as well as in their playoff matchup either way. And maybe that's what they're holding back for. Maybe they're going 78, 85% right now, knowing the playoffs are right there and you don't want to peak too early. And that's, it's a hard thing to do sometimes when you do have this, uh, this roll into the playoffs like that, when you do clinch where they did a number of games out, it can mess with you a little bit. In this case, we're just, I, I as you said, fluky in some ways, but I do think the trend I've seen is that if we score a little bit earlier, if we take care of business a little earlier yeah. in the game, we can pass the ball point. around and probably not be in these situations where one errant header into the box creates yeah. a scoring opportunity for somebody that just should have never been there in the first place, I think. So 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you make good points. You make good points. But there was a few but other Sal, things. Sal got subbed in there as well, which was great. Yes, you know, in, the, in the middle of all of that. And we're almost going, oh, well, this is nice for this to be Sal's last game. But hopefully they can make something of this. And then sure enough, Corey scores. Um, and, and we have this kind of euphoric, hey, maybe we can do something. And Sal can be involved. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and unfortunately, that's that's the ending. But it was, you know, great to have that moment on the field and be able to see him uh, out there for us. Since I know in the latter half of the year, he's kind of transitioned to being more of a, a kind of coach from um, where he stands in the lineup. So uh, it, it was really nice to see him out there and playing and, and rolling the ball out, even though it was in the, in the minutes of this dire, crazy, helter-skelter kind of match at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, Sal's last match, I think the club did an incredible job with the videos and the tribute uh, before the game and then getting a minutes uh, kind of despite it being so close. Um, you know, yeah, like Drew said, he's, he definitely hasn't been first or really second choice. Um, kind of traditionally, Sal has really been a fullback his career. And I think he's getting after all of his injuries and surgeries, uh, his legs just can't hold up to the to the requirements of our fullback positions right now. So he, he, he hasn't really been getting minutes. Um but despite that, I, I think it's really cool that he got in there um, kind of to play some final minutes at home in front of his friends and family and us, the supporters. Um, we did give him a special growler slash trophy for his retirement. I did paint um, a banner that we hung directly in front of 109. And I did give him at the um, the Loyal event last night or two nights ago, sorry, uh, which was really rowdy. He seemed really appreciative for that. Um, I just, you know, Sal, if you are listening by any chance, uh, thank you for being our first signing, our first captain and like, really um, exemplifying what it meant to be a part of this club, right? You set a standard um, here, you know, first captain of, of, of the first season. Obviously we all know what happened um, at the end of the season. I, I really feel like you kind of led a lot of that. So um, big shouts. And I, I think it's awesome that uh, you kind of got, got that. And I know how much it meant, it meant to you uh, just from what you said. So um, yeah, that was, that was a really cool moment, but um, we had another person. We had, a, we had a few more people on the podium um, after the game, yeah. it was kind of, it was quite the celebration. It was quite fun, um, afterwards. So we, we did our regular, uh, man of the match, which was Augustine Williams. It was really rad to kind of get him up there. Um, he hadn't been, uh, hadn't won that yet. Um, no. he scored and two I, goals, I obviously. Too, Cause it was like, you haven't won yet. Here you are. And we have two yeah. other people <laughs> that are also doing, but he was appreciative. He was, he was really, still really sweet about it. He hung out the whole time. Yeah, he didn't he want did. to leave. He was, it was almost other people, maybe yeah. if they'd won before, would have been like, I've done this before. I'll let, you know, Toomey hang out. And, and But he wanted to hang out the whole time, be there on the podium, hang out with everybody and and do the whole thing right. So good kudos to him. And he yeah. did make two great goals that just didn't, you know, are adding to a tally. He's had a great tally with us here, and he'll be hopefully in our books for, for years. But uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, share, I'll, share one, I'll share one 30-second story before we move off of Augustine was um, – you know, I, I, I kind of went over to him and I said, hey, you know, you've been a phenomenal. Thank you for, you know, being so dedicated as a Loney player. Um, you know, you, you've really changed the season for us. And I was like, I hope you come back. And he goes, me too. You know, obviously, he's an LA Galaxy player. If he gets called up to the first team and he gets, you know, MLS minutes, um, you know, see Miguel Berry. But, um, you know, the, kind of the the exemplification of him saying, I, I hope I come back too, is really showing what a culture this club has built. And like, he loves it here. You know, you could just kind of tell by, like Drew said, he didn't want to leave. And kind of what he said to me was like, I just, I hope I'm back too. So um, it's, it's kind of a cool little moment that we had. And it kind of made me really realize what a culture we've built here. So we, yeah. we as in, you know, loyal, um, talking in the general, we, 
Um, I think I that we he, locals have helped, but I think that the culture too, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> one of these, one of these matches. Me too. Uh, me too. <laughs> and if he does come but, back, we promise, we promise we'll have him. Yes, but um, the final person on that podium was our player of the year. Uh, we did talk about this on the last podcast, but it, when it was going out, uh, but player of the year um, was Chumi Moshibane, which was awesome. Uh, we had about a hundred votes, a hundred people vote, um, and Chumi was the overall was overall ranks the highest player um it was rank voting so it wasn't just who got the most number one votes or who you know it was rank voting so if he was consistently the, highest and uh yeah. you know uh pulled the numbers and, and he won he won uh um, the man leaves. of the matches as well just to state that so that yeah man of the matches are match critical winners. players and so yeah exactly or critical players who have been yeah on the roster and played x amount of minutes which is quite interesting because you know kind of when i took a step back and i was doing my player of the year voting i actually voted for charlie um, and Charlie hadn't won any man of the matches all season. Um, but I feel like, you know, he didn't have a peak that I wouldn't, I would say warranted a man of the match, but I feel like mm. he was consistently, he had a consistently high enough level, kind of the soul of this team. Right. I mean, he was captain right. most of the year as the player. Um, he's the only loyal player to have played in all 30 games. I don't want to keep going on and on, but um, I, I just thought it was interesting that he was kind of my choice uh, for that. But um, I, I agree. I agree with that somewhat. I think the games where Colin won yeah. um, is where Charlie's doing his job the best. Right. So it's when yeah. Colin looks really good, good he's point. usually on with Charlie and Charlie's usually doing um, stuff that just doesn't go as noticed because Colin's doing the forward play link play. That's a little more exciting sometimes. Um, and, and so I think that's, that's where, again, I think it's a good vote. Mine. Mine was to me. Um, as well as most people I know. And it was him and Yaro seemed to be the two favorites for a lot of people just because they played the most minutes and I think were the most crucial. I put it this way, that Toomey won us games and that Josh uh, helped us helped us save points, right? Helped us keep points and kept us in games yeah. and maybe did attribute points. But I do think uh, Toomey definitely won us points. I don't think we would have probably at least two or four different you know points that are on our tally right now that either would have been a loss mm-hmm. or been a, a draw that that were simply through his goals and just games where he muscled out yeah. a run where he just came with the ball and did something pretty spectacular to score in a way that none of the other players seem, seem to be able to do just because they're, it's hard. It's not, yeah, it's not it's easy hard. to do the stuff he does looks easy and, and looks just so effortless for him because he is just so good with the ball um, in ways that I could only hope to be. So uh, congrats to Tumi Moshibane and, and, and it's been cool to watch the growth too. And I think that was a lot of people's factor was, kind of growing with him and seeing where he's come Yeah, uh, from he was the a, first season where he almost was connecting that stuff. We could see him almost scoring those goals. And then this year developed. scoring those goals and, and developing into that at this level Yeah, uh, as he had come from league one with Lansing right. and with Nate the year before. So pretty cool to see Toomey there. And um, again, super gracious and, and awesome with the, uh, the growler was a multiple. We need multiple coolers, Steve. We need Travis to have <laughs> yeah. more coolers now for the, for the growlers. I will say um, the uh, the runners up. Um, also, Nicole, um, our director of marketing and and uh, key member of leadership, uh, she kind of pulled all this together. She pulled together the the runners up. Uh, you know, when all of us voted, uh, we made you give a reason why you picked the player of the year. Um, so the runners up, we we actually printed out. Uh, those reasons and we gave them to them on the the at the event on Tuesday and you could kind of see how much it meant to all them to kind of to hear that that they were number one voted for in general and number two just to know that we took the time to print it out and and uh one of the coolest moments I think of the entire season I was talking to Nicole about this was um we gave it to Guido uh there was there were quite a bunch of votes for Guido uh same with Yaro we a lot of votes for Guido and Yaro 
and we went up to Guido and we talked to him and we said, Hey, here's your, you know, you, I'm sorry, you didn't win, but you know, we wanted to, to you know, give you the sentiment of why people did vote for you. And then Nicole and I walked away and we turned back around and he was like reading it like this, like right away. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like he was, it wasn't like a throwaway to him. Like it mattered. Like he wanted, he wanted to know, uh, he wanted to read the words. So that was really, really cool. But, um, regardless, yeah, congratulations to me. I saw that, you know, he, he posted that on Instagram. Uh, Tony, you did put that up, which is rad. It's really cool. So, um, well-deserved. Definitely. And, the, and just one last point is these players really do care. Like going back to Augustine, he was one of the players that put something on social media that isn't just like hashtag work harder, grind playoffs. Yeah. No, they really care about this. And uh, you know, several of those players that you mentioned did, did reach out to the, to the fans on social media and, 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 you know, essentially apologize, you know, for the form that the teams has been, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like, uh, we appreciate that. And that's little gestures like that, that at the end of the day, this is a professional soccer entity institution that doesn't need to be doing these things, but they are. And, and you can never take that for granted, 100%. For sure, for sure, for sure. All right, so I think we are good with that. So let's, let's start talking about moving forward. Uh, I think about five five-ish more minutes real quick here, but until we get to yeah, sorry, sorry, uh, Travis in the wings, he's yes, waiting in the yes. wings. Hang with us. Will, hang with us. We will hang um, with you uh, and have some good stuff. But yeah, so Sacramento Saturday, yeah. Sacramento, 730 PM Saturday, the 30th. Uh, we will be at stone Liberty station for anybody not traveling. Um, if you are traveling and you're listener, please reach out to us. Uh, we, we would love to know and hear about it um, and get you in touch with, with uh, the right people. So, Reach out if you are traveling, but yeah, massive, just a massive match. There's, there's, um, obviously we're not, we're not in control of our own destiny anymore to get second and host a playoff match. We have to win and Orange County has to lose. Um, so that's basically a couple scoreboards to watch. Yeah. Yeah. One of nine outcomes, um, result in us hosting a playoff game, but that's, and that sounds, you know, kind of gloom, doom and gloom there, but LA galaxy two, who is playing Orange County, they have a lot to play for. Uh, they need a win to have a chance at making the playoffs, so they're going to be going for it. Just like, just like the last kind of three three games that we've played, or two of the last three games we played, um, New Mexico was fighting for their playoff lives when we played them a couple weeks ago, and Orange County that was obviously a huge match, huge match for them as well. So we've been playing intense opponents, and we know what that could mean to them. So at the same time, LA Galaxy two playing Orange County that that game could mean a lot to them. This game against Sacramento means a lot to us. So I would say, you know, while it's a technically an 11% chance. Um, I would put the chances higher than that, 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 you know, this, this could, this could swing our way. Um, I, I wouldn't call myself, uh, perfectly optimistic about it, but I would definitely be helpful. You know, the, just, I'm just kind of a stats and numbers guy, but, um, okay, Nate Silver. <laughs> I know, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying it's impossible. I just, I'm hopeful. We'll see. We'll see. We, we got to take care of our business. And, you know, Nick, uh, we, you know, we talked about that a little bit, at the event on Tuesday, we have to take care of our, of our business, right? That's all we can focus on. Uh, just go to Sacramento, regardless of what happens in Orange County, you take that W and you go into the playoffs in good form, whether that's, you know, here in, in San Diego, or you go away to what would likely be, or it's guaranteed to be either Colorado Springs or San Antonio would be the away match. So it's the winner or the outcome of that match, right? Colorado sits above, no, San Antonio sits above Colorado. So if it stays as is, if they draw, out, I believe San Antonio advances as the two seed, so they host the the away match if we go away, and then Colorado Springs would come here. 
uh, if we were to host the home match, if that was the case, and then if Colorado Springs win, obviously they host and vice versa. So right, right, right. That, uh, that'll happen before our match. So we'll know going in if whatever the outcome is, where we're going, whether it's Colorado Springs or San Antonio. So if you have uh, a or plan home. to try and travel, uh, that would be or home, right? Yeah. Um, but Hopefully, we get to host a uh, former loyal player Beverly Macangila, who I uh, Ooh, yeah. congratulated on uh, clinching because uh, they did clinch so with the switchbacks. So that's actually something that was uh, floated around over at, at training as people want to host uh, Macangila just to make a little bit of a reunion, uh, something special for that. Yeah, right on. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be, be cool. Be cool. Um, but yeah, take care of business in Sacramento. Kind of regardless, we ha- we got to see. Um, how this plays out. Um, I'm really interested to see if Yarrow plays, if he gets any minutes. Um, it would be really nice to kind of see him back on the field. Obviously, the, the injury at, or- at Orange County looked really bad, carried off the field, but Landon did an interview with Darren Smith and kind of said, Drew, you had alluded to it, he was available, uh, he dressed, and and if he does it again, it's, it, it would surprise me, but I, I'm hopeful. It's good. He's obviously, you know, we, we gave up a lot of goals without him, so... Um, yeah. I, I'm hopeful that he gets the minutes. I'm good. That's kind of going to be my, one of the things I watch out for the most. Um, and then obviously the form we play in and the result. So, and out that's kind of it this time. Um, if you've been before or if you've seen, Oh, they're indoor. Part of that had to do with every single time we were there. It seemed like there was like six weddings happening on either side <laughs> of us. Um, and so they just didn't have the venue space now that it's colder and no one wants to get married anymore when it's cold uh, or apparently want to outside at stone. So, they're going to have that outdoor space where we had, uh, if you did go to the season ticket holder event, if you were lucky enough to go on Tuesday to that event, uh, that will be the same space, I believe, with a blow-up screen outdoors, which would be pretty cool. So we're going to try and do something to have the Orange County match on. Uh, if we have a merch table, have something up there just so that you can scoreboard watch a little bit so we know what's going on. But obviously, we got to take care of numero uno um, and, and what we're going to do. But without any further ado, now that we told him it was going to be half the amount of time that we took, <laughs> Uh, but it, it always is. Um, Steve, bring, bring in our guest. Yeah, so um, are the new VP of Marketing and Communications with the club. Um, obviously, uh, you know, the loyal front office have been making some changes here uh, these past several months, and I, I've loved every single move they've made. Um, obviously, we, we, everybody knows uh, Warren left the club. Um, a while ago, and, and Ricardo stepping in as president, I think, was an incredible move. I just hope they take the interim tag off. Um, and then some more shuffling has happened, and I think that this marketing and communications, you know, Jesse and Ryan and, and Danny have done an incredible job with social media and communications and the marketing side of things. But I think that, you know, they're stretched thin. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to do. So Travis coming in here um, obviously brings a ton of experience, and we'll get into his story. So uh, without further ado, um, welcome Travis in. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. How are you? Good, good. Hanging. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Welcome Thank to you. the show. Welcome uh, to San Diego. How are you, you settling in? I'm settling in nice. Um, I did drive cross country from New York, oh, which God. was my, that, you know, I think everybody should do that one time in their life, at least, right, from either coast. Um, so that was my first time with my girlfriend. Who keeps, How many hours in each day? What was like the longest hours you did in a day? So, the, so to me, I mapped it out. the The first day was long. It was about it was like a little over nine hours. It was like to push out to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing against Cleveland, but just kind of <laughs> get, get out there. Um, and then everything else was like six to seven hours, which 
anything under seven to me is like that's a doable like right, mental. Yeah, that's, that's um, and of course, I drove probably. I think my girlfriend maybe drove two hours out of the entire. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the second longest was from like Des Moines to Denver. That was like nine hours. So every, everything else was like six to seven, but um, truly amazing trip seeing this country and, you know, like Utah is like a different planet. Um, and then arriving. What, what was that? It's like you're in Mars. For yeah, sure. literally, literally Mars. Um, and then, and then arriving on Saturday evening, while it was still daylight um, to San Diego and literally getting out of the car with my girlfriend, going straight to the beach, walking to it. Um, it was surreal, incredible. Um, yeah. But my, what makes it even more special is the reason, you know, why I'm here. Like this wasn't just a cross country trip, right? It had a lot of purpose. Um, and I'm apps, you know, I've said, they keep saying this, but it's true. I'm like absolutely thrilled to be here. Um, there's just, there's a tremendous foundation, you know, this is growing fast. Um, the way you guys have, I mean, you would think the locals have existed for five years. Um, so every, every piece of the club, um, I think is just, you know, on track to, to keep growing in, in, in all different facets. And it's, and I'm truly, a, I think it's a privilege to be here. Um, and there's great people, whether it's, you know, Landon, the front office here, um, you guys all around, um, and Andrew, of course, um, there's just, it's a lot of great ingredients and, you know, I'm here to kind of add some more ingredients to an already great recipe. So, awesome. Real, real awesome. so you mentioned, uh, the cross country trip. Um, let's kind of hear your background and your story. Where are you from? Yeah. Yep. You know, what's your history? You know, yeah, go yeah. as in depth as you want to go. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a New Yorker. Okay. I'm from Queens, Queens, New York. I grew up like uh, seven stops on the train from Shea Stadium, um, super diverse neighborhood, um, you know, kind of close to the city, which is what we call Manhattan. Um, and then college went to LSU, so went to the South. Okay. Um, that was, I guess, the start of my track record of going to places I've really never been before, not knowing anyone. Um, so it started early and great experience, great time. And then moved back to the city after college and worked in um, event and experiential marketing. So um, in the fields, like managing live events, um, whether it was like brand activations or, or um, other kind of uh, marketing campaigns, um, and then shifted into internal agencies, but more like guerrilla marketing. So, you know, uh, stunts and, um, things maybe that aren't, you know, traditional advertising. Right. And that's kind of always stayed with me, that kind of guerrilla grassroots, uh, marketing tactics that I think work very well, um, in this world, right. That I'm in now. Um, but then after, after uh, the agency stuff, I did a little bit traditional advertising and then kind of came to a personal uh, crossroads once at a really, my next step was to, to dive into something that I'm interested in. And I've always been interested in three things. Um, one of that, one of them is film, love movies. Um, I feel like I see everything cinematically in a way, just when I'm walking around, you know, and anywhere I am. Um, You'll love San Diego then. 
I will. I will. Yeah, I'm excited to. Uh, I, I need to get out there more. Um, but uh, yeah, like just passion for movies started early. Um, I watched like Pulp Fiction when I was eight years old. So like, it's just those things blew my mind. Um, and then, um, so yeah, so film and then politics. Politics more just the kind the game of politics, um, especially city politics and uh sports sports as a whole um so the first thing that came my way was politics um i worked at the new york city council which i like to say is like the triple a to dc if you will um in terms of just pressure the, the media uh, legislation all those kind of things um, was, in some ways just because it's, it's it, it was it was yeah you got the new york post at you and talking to you it's pretty tough right um but so i was director of communications for a senior council member which just means that he had been there the longest um and then quickly became chief of staff and um politics would lead to the beginning of my soccer story which soccer could also be kind of political right so um my council member was in was based in uh, a district in brooklyn and the New York Cosmos at the time um, played uh, outside of the five boroughs, outside of the city. And they played in Long Island and they were relocating to Brooklyn, to Coney Island specifically, cool. which was near um, my council member's district. So uh, when, they, when they were doing this relocation, they reached out to our office to help them uh, with some community engagement, with some PR, um, kind of a lay of the land, um, if you will. And I was thrilled to help them do that. And then my council member was term limited. So that pretty much to me, I took that opportunity. I was like, okay, this is perfect. I knew this was my ticket in. Um, I liked the people over there. And I just went to them directly and said, I could, I could be your marketing guy, your PR guy full time. Um, and they, they were into it. We did that. Um, this was 2017. Um, and I thought we had a great inaugural year and things were moving in the right direction. And a part of my attitude with it was, you know, the New York Cosmos are, are it's a historic brand, right? Yes, they, have it is. Of, they have a lot of history, all those things. Right. But we didn't need to own New York. Right. We just needed to own Coney Island. So like in a perfect world, I would love, like to me mentally, I was like, this is the Coney Island Cosmos. Like this is what it is right now. Um, so it was like super hyper local focus um, and I thought the community rallied behind it. And then, you know, we know what happened with NASL and all of that, right? So after that ended, um, I felt I caught the soccer bug, to be honest. And um, I felt like I had unfinished business. So you didn't get enough of drinking in breweries with people. <laughs> <laughs> to do it just like it just it had all the right mix of things for me, you know? Yeah, um, right. And, uh, so, yeah, so I feel like I had unfinished business and then I saw an opportunity and I wanted to stay in the sport. I didn't even want to join another sport. Um, so I saw an opportunity in Memphis, Tennessee, um, and it was just USL Memphis at the time. I didn't again, didn't know anyone there, um, applied coldly and um, had a, got got a response, had a few phone calls and got the job offer and I took it. Um, again, my girlfriend continues to follow me across the country. Um, Memphis, you know, to me, I knew exactly kind of what I was getting into in terms of a, the city just from going to college in the South, right? So I had kind of an idea of what it would be like. Um, went down there, 
had a couple months to essentially reveal the brand and uh, host an exhibition match to kind of do a digital slash live in stadium reveal. Um, became an all-day event, and it was on 901 Day, which is Memphis's area code, and that's they celebrate that day. It's a big cool. day, this September 1st, right? Um, tremendous success. Um, you know, I didn't go down there um, as a, you know, cocky New Yorker, like, you know, I'm going to tell everybody what to do, this and that. Um, you know, I really listened to the community, and I know that sounds cliche, um, but I really, I kind of divided the city into a lot of buckets. Um, there's a great food uh, community, right? Music, especially. Um, uh, art, uh, you know, of course, the corporate side as well. But a lot of the who, like the movers and shakers, right, in all these little buckets that aren't celebrities, but they're, you know, Memphians recognize these people, right? And they know, they know who, who you should talk to and they know, um, you know, how to uh, galvanize uh, their, their own committees, right? So creating these like steering committees, um, but a lot of listening. And just a quick example of just kind of what my approach was. Um, there was no event that was too good for me to go to, right? Or, or that I didn't, you know, the weirder it sounded or the more random it was, I was like, I want to go there because I bet I pick up something from it. Um, so our, our hashtag, which still is the club's hashtag, I actually went to a like underground boxing match. Um, and it was like, I was maybe like three weeks in and I'm sitting there and it's crazy. This is like, you know, some real stuff. I'm like, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm watching this underground boxing match. There's people there. They're probably gambling on it. Like I have no idea what's going on. Um, and there, there's a kid uh, sitting in front of me and there's a hat on and backwards and the hat says defend Memphis. And I looked at that and I was like, man, that's resonating, resonating with me. And I'm not even in, I'm not even from here. Right. Yeah. But you could already see something like that. The city has a chip on their shoulder. You know, Nashville gets all the accolades. Right. Memphis is always grinding, all those kind of things. So that became our hashtag. Um, and the club, the club adopted it. The supporters loved it just it became just a great call to action not just for the club but for the city um so just an example of like what my approach was right if i didn't go to that event i don't have a, that perspective right that doesn't get applied maybe it's a different brand identity um but it fit we had a great inaugural season and then um towards the latter half of that i was i was in memphis for about a, a little under a year and a half um uh the, the league, the USL, uh, created basically a, a job that hadn't existed before that was almost combining my, my political experience, my marketing experience, and the soccer startup all in one. So it was interesting to me. And it was a communications and community development role, essentially working with uh, potential or prospective um, USL clubs all across the country, right? Oh, so whether it was you guys, actually the loyal were just, you know, now it's my it's, my team too yeah. right so the loyal were, were were launching just literally as i arrived so i watched gotcha. the whole inception and all that stuff i was watching it very closely because you guys were doing a lot of loyal were doing a lot of things right um but it, yeah essentially the job was to work with communities all over the country you know all facets of it to engineer um pr campaigns and marketing campaigns and um community campaigns to galvanize these communities by a potential usl club 
Uh, so a lot of sharing best practices and market playbooks, things like, things like that. Um, then the pandemic happened. Um, you know, once again, we moved to another place. My girlfriend keeps keeps following me, I guess. I guess she loves me. Um, and then um, pandemic happened, came back to the East Coast, um, was doing some consulting, um, trying to figure out what we we're going to do. We ended up moving back to New York. And my girlfriend got a full-time job. Um, and then I saw this opportunity. And I was, I was honestly afraid to tell my girlfriend that I had applied. <laughs> Um, but I knew I felt, I felt good about it. Um, and when I told her, she was actually surprised. Um, I, she actually surprised me. Her reaction was positive. Um, and you know, I, I, I really got to know Ricardo very well, very quickly. Um, and he's a passionate guy and he's yes. authentic, um, and quickly learned about everybody else. And it was an easy decision, you know? Uh, left literally left everything behind in New York and, and drove drove out here because you know everyone I truly believe in it and um, the passion is tangible from everyone and you know I went I got here sat last Saturday night I went to the game Sunday um, and to see the energy just like how you guys were saying the crowd was so into it and um, you know even when even when they were down we were down three to one they were still into it um, no one left. Right. No one left the game. Um, so that that was amazing. That was an amazing environment. And then, uh, yeah, I started my first day Monday. And, you know, there's just a lot of there's a lot of talent here, both on the pitch and in this office. Um, and there there are people that really, really do care about this and care about this community. Um, I know I'm not from here, but, um, you know, once again, I am entering a new city to try to learn from people like you and listen to you guys and, and people here um, to, to keep growing this and take it to the next, take it to the next level. Um, and a part of my belief with this is that, you know, whether it's people covering the team or people learning about us or whoever um, you want to get on board now, right? Cause it's still, it's still just the beginning, yep. um, but it's, I think it's, it's going to move fast. So you don't want to be too late. So For I'm sure. excited to be just a part of that. Um, and then just overall, you know, through my soccer experience, I like even calling it the human connection business. Like that's really what we're in, right? We're all making connections. This right now, having me on so early, I just got down here, right? You guys are welcoming me in. Um, you know, I was only in Memphis for a year, but I have lifelong friends forever. And soccer did that, you know, so nothing else. So again, just really excited to be here and um, I could not be more thrilled. Yeah, and and I'll I'll chime in. I think Drew, you got the next question, but I'll just chime in here. A few things that you said that I'll comment on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned about Memphis, like always feeling like the little brother, and, and in a way, you know, we, I would say we have that little that little chip on our shoulder too, right? Everybody always thinks Southern California, ah, oh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Los right. Angeles, Los Angeles, but right. no, we're very not Los Angeles. In fact, you know, being a born under San Diego, and I hate LA. Like, you know, I, I it just it, I don't I and I think it comes from that disdain of like, no, we're just grouped in with that city, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not. We're our own, we're our own town. We have our own identity. We have our own, um, you know, unique kind of vibe, and it's it's actually very different than Los Angeles, but we get looped in with them a lot. So like, I, I, I feel that a lot. So that, that, that part really resonated with me. Yeah. I agree with um, that. I think that's readily apparent too. Yeah. And then, I'll, and then I'll say that the, 
you know, even if you're not from here, it's the humility that matters. It's, it's, it's that you're here to listen and you're here to learn. And, and that's, that's, that matters most, right? You're not coming in. Like you said, as that cocky New Yorker saying, this is how you market and this is how you do stuff. And this is how, you know, we're going to make this better because I say, so like, no, that's not how this is. Like, it's very yeah. different here. So like, yeah. you know, I, I think I mentioned this when I talked to you on Sunday, like it's a unique market. It's, it's very different here than I think in a lot of places. Um, but, uh, you seem to have a great mentality and I, I'm excited to kind of get to know you more. Yeah. Half hour ish. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, I'll I'll say, it away. and more credit to you guys again. And, and the team here is it's hard to launch a professional soccer club without a pandemic, right? <laughs> Doing yeah. it in a pandemic. I mean, that that's, that's hard work and to sustain the momentum through a whole season, then into this one and do it again. It's pretty special. So Oh yeah, we we know we started a supporters group during a pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's got to be the hard one club. It was hard. It was hard. It is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> we, as I say, we're an in-person supporters group. It's it, it's it was kind of impossible to do that. Yeah. for quite a while. But your it sounds like your background, you know, lent itself into this avenue where a lot of us have found ourselves, where we just become part of the sport in a way that becomes more than just a thing we do on the weekends from, you know, six to 8 AM or whatever, uh, but becomes something we actually do actively in our lives and determines a lot of our social, uh, situations. But in terms of working with Memphis and then kind of looking at the league overall, is there a reason why you've honed in on USL championship, at least applying for this job, looking mm-hmm. at this league yeah. specific, it sounds like you're in the soccer culture overall. Yeah. Is there yeah, a reason yeah. why maybe this, this platform works for you? Yeah. Um, I think it's a sweet spot in, in terms of um, a lot of things. So like growth, right? It is, it's no doubt that it's the fastest growing um, uh, league, I would say, in the United States or any sport. Um, uh, and I think the ability at this level to make a lot more touch points, um, both at like a community level. And that doesn't mean like community relations really, but just being able to, I don't know, there's there's a lot less red tape, if you will. Right. At this, you just, you can make a larger impact. Um, I think, um, in, in the USL, um, you were talking about earlier, being able to be close to the players, right. Being able to have those conversations. If it's even MLS, right. There's twice as many or three times as many people in the access gets cut off just naturally because people can't, you know, for sure. I get what you're saying. It is is kind of the right, right mixture of things. Is there a reason, uh, loyal, I guess, specifically stood out to you then, even though you're like, I don't know the city I'm from. Yeah, for this place, almost like physically in the United States. But yeah, I'll take a run on Cal. Have you ever been to California before? Have you? So I've actually so I've been I've been to California, but I was I haven't been here in um, I haven't been San Diego in like 10 years. And then I was in. So I was in San Diego. when I was 25. And I was in San Diego when I was 15. Because my mom does have like some second cousins somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> find them. That's crazy. That's crazy. But, yeah. but we came out here and I actually met Tony Gwynn because he had just become the manager of, I think, San Diego State's baseball team. That makes sense. But I still have an autograph baseball from him. But yeah, that was Marlon's times. But bottom line. It was, a, it was a time message sent to you back in time. It's weird. And I, I really did. I looked at the ball like whenever it was like three weeks ago, but then signature kind of faded, but I still had it. Um, but uh, no, I mean, the re- a lot of reasons. Look, um, the brand is great. I mean, look, I'm, I'm still like a marketing guy, right? So like this is very good and it's authentic. And I feel like San Diegans resonate with it. 
right? It's beyond just, you know, a logo and a hat. Um, so I think, you know, start there, right? It's great. The support, I've watched it from inception, you know, from the first launch event with the mural um, to the support to the locals being born, right? Um, to the crowds after the pandemic, um, the support is there, the interest is there. Um, and then the people that work here um, on, in the front office and on the team, um, they're authentic. I believe, I believe in them. I believe them. I trust them. Um, so that, that was all easy for me. And then, I mean, San Diego is pretty nice. Like, like, I mean, that's, that's kind of like the cherry on top, right? I mean, why not? Let's life is short, especially after the past year. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's go try this, but, um, so, sorry, Jerry. If you yes. haven't met Jerry yet, you will. Yes, I did. I did meet Jerry. Yes. <laughs> That's very Jerry. Uh, That's Jerry. Jerry. Jerry was our former director of communications. He had to take a, take a step back yeah, for it. He, he likes work, to be a viewing member now. But Jerry is, Jerry's our man. I'm <laughs> to run the show. Yeah. So. I appreciate it. Um, You'll get to know Jerry for sure. That's funny. I like Jerry. I like we had a, we had a little interaction. Right, right, right. Um, um, yeah, but just there's a, just a lot of great pieces. Um, it's, I think it'd be crazy not to take the job. So yeah, and even uh, so, so you yeah. mentioned you mentioned some pieces, and I'll and I'll uh, I'm just kind of interrupting you to jump in yeah, and say, you know, we did I did our research. You know, I I I, I honed your 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 Twitter feed, and I found this amazing Twitter thread um, that I'll say. <laughs> As a supporter of um, a soccer club and a community first soccer club, you know, we already value community heavily here in San Diego. And these six tweets just like speak volumes to me. Right. It's, it's like, oh, who's this new guy? Oh, wow. These are his philosophies. This is, <laughs> he's going to fit right in. Like, you want to talk to any of this at all? Like, yeah, uh, kind of where this came about. And, 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 and uh, yeah, you, yeah, please, please. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, that's that's a lot of that is what I applied in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and like, I'd never launched a team before, right. Or any kind of, I've never like launched a brand from scratch before, before that. Um, so like, it was really like learning what was working in real time. Right. And then, and then, um, kind of thinking about it deeper. And then after a year going through the pandemic, I think I was, we were in, um, I think visiting my girlfriend's grandparents or something when I did that thread, like I was just kind of like thinking by the pool, I think. And um, just, you know, that I think what I put out there can be applied to a lot of different things. It doesn't just have to be soccer. Right. But again, it's that human connection, you know, the human connection business. Um, but truly it's like, you will learn more from getting out of these four walls in this office and even in the stadium. Right. Um, right. about, about the city that you're in and what, and not just like the big tone and pole events, but all the things in between. Um, so like I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like I'm already getting antsy. Only been here like three days. I'm like, I haven't seen like any neighborhood besides this office and my Airbnb, you know, in North Pacific beach. So I am hungry to apply everything in that thread in real time here. I think it's going to be it's going to be hard to do and might not be as perfect as I want it to be as it has been before. I think, you know, San Diego is much bigger than Memphis. I think it's more spread out. Um, so but I think I, I've, I'm already meeting, you know, I'm talking to you guys. I'm talking to, as I mentioned, like DK from from the from the chamber today, people like that. So I'm going to really rely on for that institutional and cultural um, knowledge 
And um, I hope to keep replicating that and, and apply it um, in a gradual, gradual way. Totally. And it, it really is a thing that's got to be one of those questions that's that's been on your mind, I guess, since you've been following the team is what happened at the end of last year and where, you know, the club came from. I'm sure it's something you factored into the fiber mm-hmm. of the club and kind of mm-hmm. who we are. But w- mm-hmm. what did it mean to you as somebody just observing it at the time who maybe didn't have any intention on ever working here, but just looking at the club and saying, um, you know, what what it, what this is and how it reached you, I guess? Yeah. So, um not to keep going back to Memphis, but um, in Memphis, yeah, we were. Well, the, every time you talk about Memphis, by the way, when you were like talking about building the club, I was like imagining in my head just picking up different pieces to put into the right spice mix on rut. Yes. Dry rub ribs. And then just my, my brother's uh, uh, wife is from Memphis. And I just, yeah, just think of dry rub ribs. Look, 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 and like, you know, because when I first got there, I was like, I'm not going to talk about barbecue and Elvis. Like, we're not doing that. Um, but I will say the barbecue is actually, like, it's it really it's is. pretty excellent. Yeah. There's it's a great. couple places in town that are good, but they're more Austin style. Nobody but, really does dry rub here. Interesting. Short aside no, on ribs. But, Sorry, Steve. Let me squeeze in here. Because you just saying we're not going to talk about barbecue and Elvis is just like, you know, the club coming in here and not talking about beaches and weather and surfing. Right. right? right. It's, that's right. Just, it's just tacos. pandering. And that's not what this is about. Yeah. Right. Oh, tacos. Right. Yeah. Like. Right. It's, it, there's more to us than that. So I did yeah, find and we do like tacos, tacos the other night. But but, but anyway, yeah. um, but yeah. So in Memphis, so the end of last year in Memphis, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So Memphis, um, we were the first team period to ever host a Pride Night. Um, period. Um, so the Grizzlies hadn't done it. Um, there's just no team had done it yet, um, and. Again, it was very easy to meet like the Memphis Pride organization early on and all the make those relationships. Right. And they really expressed how important like a designated night would be. Um, and, you know, I realized the gravity of, of that and of and what they were saying. But you really don't know until you actually do something like that. Um, and, you know, Memphis is an easy town. Right. To really to, to, to stand out and do something like that. Um, and. We did it, and literally, I, I didn't really—I just truly didn't realize the, the gravity of it until I saw people, um, the Pride community, in the stands, literally crying. A lot of people crying from seeing—they've never seen this external support before, right? Um, so it's something I'll, I'll never—I'll never forget. And they and they've done the, they've continued to do the Pride Night. So when you know you guys took it to a to a different level in a different way, right? The team is actually now like making um, an actual point, right? For all for all eyes to see beyond just the stands. Um, and I, I'm trying to remember if I I think I wasn't yeah, I guess I wasn't at the league, but I was still following it. Um, so to see to see the character of the players and of course Landon and everybody involved um, and really just not care about what anybody thinks. Right. They, they, they were conviction. They had conviction. They were supporting their, their teammate. Um, that's what you want on a team or an organization or your friends or whoever it is. Right. So how, how would you not want to be a part of something like that? So it definitely, it definitely resonated with me strongly. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, awesome. It really is something that, that I think we we didn't imagine that being the touchstone of our club or something that we would think about even as fans that would happen and something you'd be proud of, especially as a forfeit 
mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where you know I'll never think differently of a forfeit uh, again after kind of going through that as a fan. It's just something that you said and think. So it's it's cool to see how it resonates, and it is just something that isn't. It's not just one thing, but it's that conversation, as you said, that's happening everywhere in every market mm-hmm. in different ways that we can advance the game. And it's it's cool to see that it's a lighthouse for that and brought you here, brought your ship into our harbor. I guess. For sure. And it's important to use your platforms, right? When when you recognize you recognize the moment, right? So it's important to do that. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's cool to be aware of in the moment yep. too. Yeah, Tony, we've had you in your two balls corner over here. He's missing his other host. That's why his frame is very wide. Uh-huh. We have two balls on his podcast. Uh, but Tony is one of our local media members uh, here as well. Does a lot of coverage within our you know soccer community, not just for us locals and with Loyal. They do a great job there, but. Honestly, in a bunch of different sports. Tony, uh, do you have any questions you want to fire here at Travis as you'll be annoying him, I'm sure, with uh, media <laughs> requests in, the, uh, in yes. the upcoming future here? Oh, yeah, 100%. We'll, we'll get to know Travis much, much better as the days go by. But, <laughs> you know, uh, again, I, I also took a, took a peek at those, that, that thread of uh, tweets that you, um, that you rattled off and, you know, they resonate. Obviously, you, you get it, right? And especially with somebody in this position. So that's great to, to, to see. Um, you know, coming into San Diego, I know you've been here only three days, but did you yeah. know the diverse nature of San Diego? I mean, it's, you know, there's so many different pockets uh, of, of culture here in San Diego. And a big one is the Latino culture. Have you had to kind of navigate through that? You know, I don't, I'm not sure what the Latino demographic is in Memphis. I know New York yeah. is a little bit different, but it's a little bit different with uh, some Puerto Ricanos yeah. and whatnot. Um, but is that something that you have experience with? And what do you what do you see yourself getting involved with in those terms? Yeah, yeah I think... Um, yeah, I haven't gotten to, to go around yet. Um, where I grew up in Jackson Heights, um, it was like, so Jackson Heights is like, if you can Google this, it's like the most diverse neighborhood in the entire world, period. Like, mm. there's like over 500 languages, all, all this stuff. But um, heavy um, South American population, um, Colombian, um, and then there's Mexican and just just completely diverse, but heavy Hispanic um, so I grew up, you know, um, with, with that community and then, um, in Memphis, it's definitely not as large of a population as here, but, um, you know, I made it important from the start to, um, you know, the Latinx community to feel, um, welcomed by us. So we, we had a great, great relationship with the top. Spanish radio station beyond that with a lot of nonprofits. Um, we made sure our, um, uh, Hispanic uh, players were in the, in those communities specifically, and they wanted to be there. Um, we hosted Pachuca and it was, I have to say like maybe one of the best sporting events I've ever been at in my life. And you're like, where are all these people coming from? They're all in New Jersey. So you're like, where are you guys? We never see you guys. Um, so, you know, you see the appetite, right? And the love that they have. Um, and I think here it's something we definitely have to keep um, tapping into. I want to go to a game in Tijuana. Like I want to, I want to do that. Like I, I, of tacos. I can't like talk about it unless I'm doing it. Right. So like, mm-hmm. I want to really experience all that. Um, and I'm excited to see how we can um, tap in, tap into that community for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, 
No, Tony, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. Cuando dice que aquí estamos, señor. Estamos listos para ayudarlo, señor. Whatever yeah, you need, doctor, here we are. I got to get better, though, too. <laughs> But yeah, like, yeah, I think it's, it might be even kind of untapped right now, right? So how, do, how can we really uh, break in and do it again, everything we do with authenticity, right? Not just buy tickets, right? Like, how do we really make a difference and, and welcome them in? So I'm excited, to, I'm excited for that that part of this for There's sure. There's a lot of opportunities, Tony saying, I think in that, that's that area specifically, which I think the club has always acknowledged and wanted to do. For sure. For when sure. you're a startup, you just don't cover those spaces as much. It's a lot. Yeah. This is a, this a lot to do. That I think a lot of us have looked at and said, there could be, there could be some more stuff there. So, and, and so it'll be cool to see what blossoms from that tree for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going up on uh, a little bit long here in terms of our actual like recorded format. So we're going to, Come to a close here, unless Steve has one more burning question. If anything, Steve, you want to? Fire I think I'll just. I'll, I think I'll just kind of wrap it up with one more question. And actually, be, I, I have one, Steve, and I'll throw to you. Is is how are please, we going to include our, our New Zealand community? Well, I have a question. Um, specifically, our our <laughs> one New Zealand fan, <laughs> Nick, Nick. <laughs> incessantly a part of everything. But uh, we love you, Nick, our our newest Congress member as well. Yes. Um, Nick Duffy. So thanks, Nick, for that question. But yeah, we, we're, I'm not going to put you through having to answer specifically to one <laughs> island. Or, sorry, two islands uh, in in the. I actually have a quick question. Go for, for it, Drew. Drew. Are you were you eating a like a root beer float or something? Before? It was. I had to mute yeah. myself. I realized I was being. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw. I was like, that is root beer float. I think that's that's like, amazing. That's what I yeah. confirmed. It was that. very clanky. It, it looks good. Uh, that it looks good. I had to get rid of it. So it was a root beer. doesn't get enough love, but I, I'm actually drinking root beer. I right sprung now. for the fancy nice. stuff. Oh, there was wow. the IBC, but I went with the, the fancier one because I had a coupon. Mm. I think I'll just go back to IBC. Nice. Mug. I don't know. <laughs> That'll be the post show. We'll talk about root beer floats. Uh, Steve, sorry. Go ahead. I gave you, I gave so, you enough time to. So, yeah. Final question and kind of final thoughts in one thing. I think it's going to kind of encompass both is, is like, Kind of like, what do you think you can add with your experience, your skill set that we, Loyal doesn't already have with the community here, right? Like, it's a community-first club. I feel like the community connection is strong. Yeah, we're not selling it every game, and that, that could be better. It's easy to say ticket sales need to go up and fan base needs to go up. But, like, how does that happen? And, like, why do you think that your unique skill set and experience can kind of bring that and kind of wrap that into, like, what's your vision? What's your main goal? Like, obviously, your philosophy you've explained really well here, but, yeah. like, Can you yep. kind of wrap things up and tie it in the bow for us here on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I think overall, like again, as you said, right, that there, there's a lot of good things here. Really, really good things. Um, there is, you know, nothing needs to be like torn down or ripped up. Like it's not, it's not, this is not that situation like that. Right. It's just, how do we keep building it? Um, and I think one of the things that, that is important to me and that I think um, can help, um take this to another level is is figuring out and I, i have to learn what this is but figuring out um you know where where we could show up online and offline where maybe you might not think we are um you know going where the silence is right um what other lanes can we go down um you know and not in a gimmicky way or or, uh, you know, a marketing way, but like, you know, what, what are, who else can we bring in and, um, you know, how do we do that strategically? And I think it's, it's, it's still, you know, honing the values that the club is built on. Right. 
but we, but how do we like bring everyone in mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe somebody that, um, not isn't necessarily a soccer fan, but believes in just what we're doing. Um, and, and it is a fun event too. Right. And it is something right. that, you know, by supporting us too, you're supporting the city, right? It's, it's the same. You are supporting local through us too. Right. We're, we're just as much as a community member as, as anything else. Um, so how, how do we keep doing that? Um, how do we keep cutting through, the clutter, um, you know, of, of everything else that that's going on here. Um, and I think it's, it's finding out, um, again, you know, just going, going where the silence is and showing up maybe where you don't think we will. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a great answer that, you know, it, it's easy for you guys to say, Oh, well, we'll, we'll show up in communities, but like, mm-hmm. you know, the specific like words, like where the silence is, that's like, yeah, it's just well said. And you, you know, me as an engineer, I don't think about that kind of stuff. Like those words don't hit me in that way. Like they do when you say them, but like, I don't think about yeah. them. You know what I mean? So like, the spreadsheet yeah, just, if we know. And how can we also, how can we, <laughs> how can we also become like, um, almost, you know, like a promoter of San Diego beyond just the club, right? Like we are almost like a reason to come visit here and learn about the city itself through us. Right. Right. So that kind of angle as well. That's always important to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, this has been awesome. Uh, Drew, Tony, anything else? I, I, I'm out of questions. I want to have dry. a shout out to a new listener. Jesus, what's up, man? Thanks for hanging out. One of the Chavos members. Yeah. In. Yeah. Chavos Love, hot. Love having them in the, in the section, in the community. Always welcome uh, together. That's, that's always our thing to dr- drink and beer. Yeah. As he said in the comments all the time. So thank you, Jesus. But um, no, man, I, I'm good. Uh, shout out as well to the Backseat Bandits from the bus. Backseat Bandits, as we like to call it. <laughs> uh, anybody who's listening, you know you are. Um, but yeah, it's it's been really great tra- tra- chatting with Travis. Chatting with Travis. We also got to do a show with Travis. So it's Travis. Yes, we should. We should do that. But yeah, thanks for TNT. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, thanks for thanks for having me. Um, really was a pleasure. I look forward to getting to know you all more. It'll happen. It'll uh, happen. And and uh, I'll see you guys Saturday night. Absolutely, for sure, man. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Tony, play us out, man. Gotcha. For everybody, this is Steve, Travis, Tony. I'm Drew Steck. Thanks everybody for stopping by, and we'll talk to you soon. Go loyal. <laughs>